0: Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. So tonight, I'm going to share for a moment, and uh, we're in purpose-driven life. And I know this, is if you're going to be purpose-driven around your life, you need to be unoffendable. Have you noticed this day and age that everyone is offended at Everything. So true. Like, uh, honestly, you just have to, I, I don't know, turn up at a place and someone's offended at you. I'll be honest with you if you've been coming for a number of years now and uh, you've never been offended by me at all, I'll say this just wait. It's only a moment of time <laughs> that I will offend you in some way. And um, I'll be honest, I don't really care. But anyway, You'll have to get over it. But if we're going to be purpose driven in our life, you know, we have to be unoffendable. You know, living unoffended, that's what we need to do. You know, right now, here in this room, there is potential. There is potential for you to be offended. I know right now that someone has probably walked in the door and they're offended at something. Maybe you're offended at the color scheme. Maybe you're offended. I don't know what it is, but you're offended. I remember one day. I went to the shops and, you know, there was a door that you used to use your hand to open, you know, those doors that you would open them up. And since COVID happened, I don't know what happens. You've got to sanitize, you've got to do the whole thing and then open up. And I remember just doing this and there was a, a lady just right behind me and I opened the door and to let her in. And she said, I can open my own door. Thank you. Whoa, I'm like, you know what, that door can hit you so hard on the way. I didn't say that, but I thought that. Honestly, come on, you know, these moments, some people, they get offended at anything. You can just be nice and smiling and someone's offended at you. What are you smiling at? Well, I'm happy. You know, they, they just get offended at anything. I don't know what it is. It's not about, you know, if offense and disappointment comes, but it's about when it comes How do we handle it? Friend, tonight, how do you handle offense around your life? It's how we deal with offenses that matter. You know, offense can lead to disappointment. Disappointment can lead to hurt. And hurt can lead to bitterness. Friend, tonight, let me tell you this. You don't want to live in bitterness. No one wants to hang around someone that is bitter. It's not nice. You leave a bad taste in people's mouth. You know, the way we deal with offense will determine our future. The way you deal with offense will determine your future. If you don't deal with offense, offense will deal with you. If we're going to live a purpose-driven life, then we need to learn how to deal with offense. Because if we don't, it will deal with us. The last thing I want to do is walk around bitter and twisted all my life. Because the the thing is, it doesn't kill the person that you're offended at, it kills you. Half the time they don't even know that you're offended. I'll be honest with you, I'm like that. I can offend people and I don't even know. And then a week later they come up to me and they go, you know that thing that you said? You really offended me. And I've just, it's just had me the whole time. And I'm like, really? Okay, what did I say? Did I really say that? Oh, okay. You know, Half the time, I don't even know. And I guarantee you, if you're honest, you don't even know you've offended someone too. Or maybe you're the one that just holds on to those things. Friends, tonight, sometimes we just need to be unoffendable. If we're going to move into our future... It's not all about us, friend. As Christians, it's about Him. It's about His cause. It's about living a purpose-driven life. So tonight I want to look at the book of Job. And they say it's one of the first books written in the Bible, but we're going to look at the book of Job and read a few scriptures here. In Job chapter 1, verse 6 to 18, here we go. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to the presence themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. And then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and shuns evil? But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has is in your power, God. Only do not lay your hand on his person. In other words, God's saying, hey, don't lay a hand on his person. All that you have, Satan, you can do. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating. This is Job's and drinking wine in their brother, in their eldest brother's house. And a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were ploughing and the donkeys were feeding beside them. And when the uh, Sabines raided them and took them away, indeed they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another servant also came and said. The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up all the sheep and servants and consumed them. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels and took them away. Yes, and killed the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, another also came and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the oldest brother's house and suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house and it fell on the young people and they they are dead and I alone have escaped to tell you. Do you reckon Job's having a bad day? Job is having a bad day. Job, a man who had done everything A man of God. He'd done everything and God was gloating about him. You know, we have here this Job. And what you've got to understand, he was a wealthy man. He was a wealthy man. Job, he was a man of God. He had everything from heaven. He had 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camel, 1,000 oxen, 500 donkeys. And on top of that, he had a wife, seven sons and three daughters. You know, he was a busy man. He was a busy man. You know, for me, I I think I'm busy and I only have one dog, one fish, one wife, three daughters and two sons. Two daughters. (laughs) I told you, I was busy. Sometimes I can't get into that bathroom. But here's Job. Here he was whose world had been thrown into chaos. We read this scripture and then all of a sudden God is gloating upon him. Think about it. For some of us, the pressure that we have around our life, that business deal is not going to plan, the passing of a loved one, the unfortunate doctor's report, relationship breakdown, assessment time, you know, agony, pain, torment playing on your mind. And, you know, like most of us, we come to a point where we break out and we cry out to God. You know, the universal question of these times when it happens is that we all go, why God? You know, Job is in this moment where the hand of God has been lifted and God has said to Satan, you know what, you can go and test my man but you cannot touch a hair on his head. You can touch everything around but he will still glorify me. And Satan's like, yeah, just give me a shot. And the universal question is, if this ever happened to us, is we would shout out, why God? Why me? Why me? It's all about me. What? Why God? You know, what is the point of living a life of integrity, honesty, And good will. That's the motive behind that question. You know, some people get to this point like Job and they lose everything and then they just settle. They settle for what they have. They settle for who they are. They settle for compromise on the things of God. You know, friend, this is the danger zone. Is that when life is thrown at you, when the devil is throwing everything at you, Friend, don't settle. This is the time where you need to push in. You know, the children of Israel, we see time and time in the Bible, they settled. They settled. They were promised the promised land, but before they got to the promised land, because they saw there was a challenge, they saw there was giants, they settled outside the promises of what God had for their life. Friend, tonight I want to say this: don't settle. God has a purpose and a destiny for you. But whether you enter into that promise depends on how you are internally. Depends on your response. If I was Job at this point in my life I reckon I would have settled. He lost everything. But not Job. He, he hears a messenger. 1 2 three, they, they calm, and all of a sudden they're, they're piling bad news on him. Yeah. Hey listen, all your livestock, they're gone. Your shares have been wiped out. You know, you know your businesses right now, they've just all gone up in flames and they weren't even insured. These guys, they're running in, they're, they're saying these circumstances and then all of a sudden, you know your household, your heirs, your lineage, right now, they're all gone. Your family, Gone. All he's got left is the air that he breathes and his wife. He's in this moment. And in verse 20, it says this, And then Job arose, he tore his robe, he shaved his head, and he fell on the ground, and he worshipped, and he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Where you are now in the circumstances that you find yourself, and friend, some of you are on the top of a hill and life is perfect. Others may be in the valley. But my question is, what is your response in these valley times? What is your response when everything is thrown at you? It says in verse 22 it says, "And in all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. He could have been offended at God. Yeah. Lord God, I've hold true to your commandments. I've given the right sacrifices. I've been integral in every dealing that I've done with my life and and you've blessed me, but God, right, he could have been offended. He could have had bitterness. He could have had, but all of a sudden you see that he shaves his head, he rips his clothes off and he just worships God. Friend, on a Sunday, I don't know what your world looks like, but when you turn up here, can you just honestly stand at the front and just worship God? In those times, He never got offended at God. What is your response when the world, when your world is turned upside down? You can read on and it's not over for Job. Is that Satan actually goes back to God? And God says to Satan, Have you considered my son Job? That there is none like him on the earth, a blameless, upright man who fears God and shuns evil. I read through this and I love it because God is just playing Satan. God knows our heart. God knows our motive. And he's let let Satan have his way in this moment. Satan's had his way and and lost. And Satan crawls back and, and all of a sudden... God's here and he's gloating. My friend, can God gloat on you? If Satan was to turn up into the throne room, could God gloat upon your life? Hey, Dan, a man of integrity, have you seen Dan? Have Have you seen Layla? Have you seen Danielle? Have you considered Danielle? Look at her in the way, her integral. But here he is right now, he's worshipping God, he's got nothing left, he's on the ground, he's worshipping, and then all of a sudden, God's gloating upon him again. He's just taunting Satan. But then all of a sudden, God says to Satan, well, hey, listen, you know what? Satan's like, well, you've still protected him. And he goes, you know what? You You can have him, but you can't take his life. You can attack his health, but you can't take his life. You read through the story and what takes place next is Satan attacks his health. He has boils from heads to toes. And he is there. You know, do you still hold fast to your integrity? And this is his wife. He's there. He's got boils. He's scraping himself. He's got his friends coming in and saying, you know what, just die. Who needs friends like that? But his own wife comes to him and says, hey, listen, you know, do you still hold fast to your integrity, curse God and die? Your own wife. Your own wife. You know, if you haven't settled, what you find next is that you have to battle the voice of men. Friend, if you haven't settled, the voice of man will shout at you. You know, you can't do that. Give up. What do you think you're doing? That's not your gift set. You're too young. You know, well-meaning people, but if you're not careful, they can take you out of the will of God and the purposes of God has for your life. They can take you out. I love the statement by great uh, Groucho Marx. He says this, the next time I see you, remind me not to talk to you. <laughs> Friend, if you've got someone around your life like that, do that. <laughs> next time they, hey, just remind me never ever to talk to you again. <laughs> Imagine Job saying that to his wife. <laughs> just just want to just remind me never to talk to you again. What's the first thing that comes to your lips in times of adversity? What is the first thing that comes to your lips? Job blessed the name of the Lord. Even more, he pushed into God. His wife's like, just curse him, just die. But no, all the more, he just pushed into God. All the more, he just shouted, you know, blessed be the name of the Lord. Friend, in times of trial, do you shout, blessed be the names, name of the Lord? If you want to know what's within someone, listen to the way they speak. Listen to the way they speak. When they're thro- going through adversity, do they speak faith? Do they speak life? Do they speak hope? Or is it death, negativity? What is in, in their language? How do they speak? If they are full of themselves, then it's all about themselves. Friend, how do you speak? How do you speak? Jesus puts it this way in Luke 6:45. A good man out of good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart. Friend, in times of trial, can you confess, is your heart pure? Can you declare the goodness of God? You can tell a person's attitude, motive, or what they're going through by what they say. By what they say. Job had the ability of not letting adversity eat away at his heart. Friend, don't let life eat away at your heart. Don't let bitterness eat away at your heart. Don't let hurt eat away at your heart. With all that is within you, bless his holy name. With all that is within you, bless his holy name. King David. David as a young man before he was king. He goes from place of having everything to a place of torment, strife and disappointment. You know, he was anointed to be king by a prophet. You know, he kills a giant. He wins a king's daughter. You know, a king gets jealous of him and wants him dead. You know, his mighty men want to stone him at one stage, but there comes a point in his life and he shouts out, he keeps his heart pure. And in Psalm 103 verse 1, he shouts out, Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that was within me, I bless his holy name. Friend, today, right now, can you honestly say that you can bless His holy name? Oh, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. Yeah, that's great. Can you do it in in the great times? But can you do it in the times of the valley of the shadow of death? Can you do it in those times where you have everything stripped away? Can you do it in those times where you feel as though no one supports you? Can you do it in those times where, you know... There is no light at the end of the tunnel where you can just lift your eyes to heaven and shout, Come on, God, right now, I bless your holy name. Friend, that's what it takes to live a purpose-filled life. Why? Because when you live a purpose-filled life, you're going to go against the current every now and then. You're going to do things that people will look at and go, why are they doing that? People are going to look at the way that you live, the the things that you go through, and they'll be looking at you wondering, why are you doing that? How how did you get through that? How, How did you get through that? And you're not bitter, you're not twisted. You've still got hope, you've still got spark. And all you can say is, I bless his holy name. In those moments, you become a witness to those around you. It's the way you share the love of Christ. (laughs) David was hiding in a cave, but he still shouted out, bless your holy name. Psalm 23, verse 4. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. You are my rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. He had a torment on his mind, but the word of God in his heart. All that was within me, I will bless his holy name. Some of you are sitting here today facing major obstacles. Major obstacles. Some real Some not so real, but all the same, they weigh heavy on your mind. They weigh heavy on your mind. Friend, today, you just need to lift your head and shout out to God. Bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. What is in your heart? Is it hope or is it despair? Is it freedom or resentment? Is it love or unforgiveness? Is it purpose or envy? Is it salvation or torment? Godly living rejects evil attitudes and looks for God in every circumstance. Friend, today, look for God in every circumstance. The good, the bad, the ugly, look for God. With all that's within me, I will bless His holy name. Friend, it starts in our heart. The Bible says, in all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Job did not sin with his lips. Uh, let's be honest. How many here have probably sinned with their lips towards God? You can honestly say. Some of you have probably gone through a Job experience where maybe you've lost a loved one. And maybe you have blamed God. Friend, God loves you. He doesn't hold that against you. He still wants to meet with you, He still wants to wash over you. Satan had failed in what he wanted to achieve. What would happen right now is if you took out Job's name and put your name in it. And today God was in heaven and Satan. Had asked for an audience. Would it be, have you considered my servant? Ronnie, have you considered my servant? And put your name in there right now. Doug, Colin, Nick, have you considered my servant? That there is none like him, like her on the earth. A blameless and upright person. One who fears God and shuns evil. Friend, that's what it takes to live a purpose filled life. For God. Unoffendable. Unoffendable. Thank you for listening. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We encourage you to tell someone about your decision and pray and read the Bible every day. We also recommend attending a church in your local area. We have many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We are so excited to see you there.